0: We started a series last week in our church. And um, those of you online, I want to welcome you specially as well. I know that um, the Lord is reaching you right where you are. The Lord goes beyond boundaries of the physical. And he does much more. So I know you are blessed right where you are. And may God continue to honor you also in Jesus' name. Uh, we started this series last week. And um, it is a series on embracing the ministry gifts for restful increase. Embracing ministry gifts for restful increase. And um, what God is leading us to look at now are the gifts of ministry that God has given to the church to help the church to grow. And we started last week, as you can see on our banner, we started last week, number one topic was the apostolic ministry ministry. And today, uh, we, you have seen the white bit circle. It represents the fact that we are looking at the prophetic ministry, the prophetic ministry. And um, I just want to quickly, again, recapitulate on what we said last week. We said last week that the commission to the church is not a commission of just becoming a people who are saved and celebrating salvation alone. The commission to the church is to be people who are saved and then who go out to save others. So these ministries are for that purpose, to equip the saints. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, the Bible says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Verse 19. He said, Go therefore, go therefore. Somebody say, Go therefore. Okay, he has authority, and he now says, Go. Last week we said the apostolic ministry is about going. So if he said, Go, he now equips certain people to Pioneer the going. This is the work of the apostles. He said, Go therefore. And then, as part of that lifting, he also, as part of that going, he also put some people in a ministry, as we will see next week, of the evangelists, the going ones. So the apostles receive a mandate specific to an area, to a a cause, as orchestrated by the Holy Spirit, and then they go, just as Jesus said. And then, working with the other members of the five-fold ministry, they go and make disciples. Making of disciples involves every other office as well. As we will see today, it involves the prophet. It involves the teachers especially. It involves the pastors because the pastors would help in discipling them and baptizing them. They will lead people and train people on how to know how to baptize the people in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then verse 20 says, teaching them, teaching them, teaching them, verse 20. It says, teaching them that they observe all things that have, I have commanded. Hallelujah. Sorry. Teaching them. To observe all things that I have commanded. So the teaching ministry. And so this is, if you look at this great commission, you can see the fivefold ministry very well. And you can see all other ministries in deeper interpretation. So I just want to encourage us all that we need to all see these things from this angle. Those ministry gifts are given as He wills. Last week we read from Ephesians, and throughout this series we'll be reading Ephesians seven a lot, uh, four a lot, verse seven to eight, and particularly verse eleven. Ephesians 4, 11, the Bible seven. Sorry, it say, "But to each one of us grace was given, so each one of us received this grace according to the measure of Christ's gift." And then the Bible makes us to understand that in verse. 8, he says, therefore, he said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. He led captivity captive. What was holding men captive? He led it captive, then gave gifts to men for men to perform. In Matthew chapter 28, he said, all authority has been given to me. He took captivity and led it captive. And that is why the church has authority today. That is why we can decree against the enemy today with all confidence. He shows up, but we know that he has been made a captive already. So the Bible says he led him captive. Verse 11 now, very very importantly. He said, and he himself gave some to be what? Apostles, some. Somebody say some. Some. Prophets, and then some. Evangelists, somebody say some. Some. Evangelists, and then some. Pastors and teachers, somebody say some. some. The word some there simply means that as he decides, He calls people to function. Sadly, we have a world today where people are calling themselves. People are calling themselves into ministries God has not called them into. And that is why we see the charade that we are seeing all over the world today. That's why we see the drama that is being performed all over the place today. Because uncalled people will have to do something. And so they stage something that looks like what they think it should be. But the called people do what the Holy Spirit said they should do. And then we see the evidence also. The Bible says he gave some to be apostles, some. So we function in whatever he has called us, and we we function in reverence. And the ministry that he has called us, verse uh, 12, says it is for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. It is not for a demonstration of show. It is not for carrying titles, long titles against our names. and flashing business cards that say I'm prophet, evangelist, doctor, Confucianist. <laughs> it's none of those things. It is for the equipping of the saints. So whatever that office is, it is for equipping. So everyone who recognizes that they are in any office must be asking themselves on a daily basis, how am I equipping the saints? In the body, in the local congregation I belong in the ministry I've been called. How am I equipping the saints? Now there are many people who say that they are called to be evangelists today and they belong to no ministry. They are not submitted to any church whatsoever. That's not wrong. That's not right. Sorry. That's incorrect because the church is the center. The church is the sending arm. The church is the sending unit. The church is the functional unit that Jesus said he would build. He didn't say I will build my ministries. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He said, I will build what? My church. I will build what? My church. I will build what? My church. And the gates of hell shall not. So whoever you are, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, whoever you are, you must belong to what Jesus is building. Don't stay on your own. You can't be built by yourself. You are not enough to be a church. There is an entity Jesus said is his. It is called the church. The church. He said, I will build that and the gates of hell shall not prevail. So whatever your ministry, you must understand. Last week I explained to us how the fivefold are represented on our fingers. And I believe most of us got the picture clearly. That on our thumb we have the apostles who govern. And on our index finger, the first finger, we have the prophets who we're looking at today. And we said their work is to keep guiding, they guide. Governing, guiding. And then we have the tall finger, the second finger, who are people who are called the evangelists. And we said their work is going forward and gathering. They have a gathering ministry. They go forth to gather, go forth to gather. And then we have those who are called the pastors. And their work is to guard that which has been gathered. The work of the pastors is to predominantly guard that which has been gathered. And then finally, we have very importantly the teachers. Whose work predominantly is to make sure that they do what? That they continue to ground those that are being guided. They ground those that are being guided. Amen. So everyone has its place. Now last week when I said something about this. This fivefold ministries. I said the apostles can touch. Praise the Lord. Take care of the children. God bless you. God bless you. I said the apostles. The apostles can can touch every one of the ministries. Hallelujah. Amen. The apostles can touch every one of the ministries. Okay. That is why they govern. That is why God sends them. God sends apostles in the, in, the, in the post-ascension church, the apostles must be sent. Every church must have an apostle. If a church does not have an apostle, they are running the risk of lack of governance because vision is given to an apostle and then the apostles. And then every other person can function very well. The fact that they can touch all the other four means that they can perform any of those things. Every true apostle can be a prophet. Every true apostle can op- op- operate the the ministry of the evangelist. Every true apostle can operate the ministry of the pastor or the teacher. That's why many people called pastors today are actually apostles, but they they they, 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 they for the sake of identity and how it's under, understood better in church, they use the title pastor much more. But the calling on anyone who God sends to plant. A work or to pioneer something as part of the great commission is that of an apostle. Now, something God showed me very recently as I was meditating on this. I told you God speaks to me a lot in front of my mirror in the bathroom. I stood in front of my mirror. He said, raise up your hand again. I raised it up just two days ago. He said, look at that. He said, touch those fingers again. He said, can you see that to make it easy for each of the fingers to touch the thumb, they have to bend. They have to bend. Each one has to bend. I said, wow. I never thought of that. You know, now the thumb can try and go across if they don't bend, but it makes the work harder. He said that is why the prophet must submit to the apostle. The pastor, the, the evangelist must submit and hear direction from the apostle. Where should we go next? What's the next area to go and gather? And then the, 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 the pastor must also submit to the apostle, say, what is God saying about these people that you have got, we have gathered together? And so must the teacher. The teacher must be teaching the message that is given as a vision to the apostle. Otherwise, they teach their own message. And there can be chaos and confusion. That can bring what is called division. And that has caused problems for many people today. So everyone in those offices must learn how to submit, and I'll prove it to you again also, because God showed me something that also proves it from Scripture, that every one of the ministries must keep submitting to the apostle because the apostle is fully submitted to God in terms of the mission mandate. We take time to say these things because I was saying to my pastor or colleague, I think it was last Sunday, Pastor Moses, that, you know, many things we are taking for granted these days When we were being saved, 20, 30, some of us 40 years ago, these were very fundamental to our learning. And we understood the, the, the calling of a church. We understood the importance of these hierarchies from the biblical perspective. But there is a body of Christ today that is in so much chaos that lacks this understanding so people choose titles the way they like and don't even understand the offices and cause confusion everywhere. Somebody who is called a prophet because they operate, truly operate, because the gifts and calling of God are without repentance, you see. They truly operate the prophetic uh, uh, mandate become a problem in some churches because they feel, they, 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 they hear the guiding voice. And so they, they, they must be the leaders and so on and so forth. And these things have been very, very Uh, problematic for the church till date. And what we as a people must do is to continue to restore the church. So this series, I beg you to follow it. I want to believe God that it will help us as a body of Christ worldwide to continue to complement the efforts of others who are trying to bring the church back to these basics to understand who we are meant to be and how God has called us to serve him. So it is all about the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So what is this prophetic ministry? The prophetic ministry is very simple. It's simply any ministry that relies on the gift of prophecy and revelations from God to guide the church. It relies on the spiritual gift. Don't forget there are ministry gifts and there are spiritual gifts. I explained that last week. Ministry gifts we read in Ephesians 5 and uh, some parts of 1 Corinthians. But we also know about spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. And last week, we looked at how God showed us how the Trinity gives these gifts. We said in 1 Corinthians 12:4, the Bible says, For there are diversities of gifts, uh, but by the same Spirit. And there are diversities, verse 5 says, And there are diversities, there are differences in ministries, but by the same Lord. And then verse 6 says there are differences or diversities in activities, but by the same God. So everyone called into prophetic ministry is expected to operate the gift of prophecy. Now I want to make a clear distinction. Operating the spiritual gift of prophecy is an instantaneous and as God wills on occasion type of activity. The Bible says there are diversities of those activities but by the same God. What that means is that anybody can be used by God to prophesy as a basis for operating the spirit, the gift, sorry, of prophecy, the spiritual gift of prophecy. But not everybody who prophesies is necessarily called to be a prophet. This has been another problem in the body of Christ. Get me right? Every prophet is endowed Every true prophet is endowed with the gift of prophecy but not everyone who operates the gift of prophecy is called to be a prophet. You can operate the gift of prophecy as anything. You can even as, as as somebody who is just called into the benevolent ministry. You can prophesy. Anybody can prophesy. All it takes to prophesy is the spirit of God coming upon you and you prophesy. You open your mouth as he speaks and you speak. But that doesn't make you a prophet. A prophet is in an office. A prophet is in an office whereby you are, you are equipped by God to equip others in guidance, fundamentally profound guidance. Not this kind of a whim or on the whim kind of prophecy that come every, every now and then. Strategic guidance, having deep revelations in what has been endowed in, uh, put in scripture to expound to the body of Christ. This is what the gift is. So we must understand the two things, the ministry of the prophet, the prophetic ministry, and the gift of prophecy. We must understand them, how they are. The gift, like all spiritual gifts, is more of a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in space and time, as the Spirit of the Lord wills. There's a type of what I can use to explain this first in the Old Testament, in 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 the story between King Saul and Prophet Samuel. King Saul, if we read 1 Samuel 9, we don't need to turn to it yet. If we read 1 Samuel 9, we saw God say to to Saul to go and look for the donkeys of his father, Kish, that had been missing. And um, God also spoke to Samuel and said, somebody will be looking for you shortly. That's the person I'm anointing to be king and so on. So we know that story, I believe. But you can read it, 1 Samuel chapter 9. And... um, Later on, God found him, and uh, first go to First Samuel 10, go to 1 Samuel 10. The Bible says, after Saul, Samuel anointed Saul to be king, when he was living, they came to a hill, verse 10, 1 Samuel 10, 10. They came to a hill, and there was a group of prophets to meet him. And the Spirit of God, somebody say, and the Spirit of God came upon him. And he prophesied among them. Just to distinguish the gift of prophecy. The spirit of God came upon Saul and he prophesied. And when he prophesied, look at verse 11. Verse 11. The Bible says, and it happened when all who knew him formally saw that he did prophesied among the prophets. To make distinction that even though he prophesied, he wasn't a prophet. And they said, the people said to one another, what is this that has come upon? <laughs> what is this that has come upon? Son, the son of Kish. Is Saul also among the prophets? And we all know that he wasn't a prophet. So what I'm trying to say there is we can see clearly. But look at First Samuel 9. Go back to 1 Samuel 9 verse 6. This is a prophet. He said, and this is about Samuel now, and he said to him, look now, there is in this city a man of God, and he is an honorable man. Honorable man. I'm going to emphasize that in the ministry of a prophet very shortly. He is an honorable man. All that he says surely comes to pass. Somebody say, all that he says. None of his words fall to the ground. That is a prophet. He said, all that he says surely come to pass, so let us go there. Perhaps he can show us the way that we should go. And so we know they met him and he took them and, uh, to where the, the, the donkey was and all that and all that. So the prophet is called by God to occupy this office of providing guidance. In the Old Testament, God raised up prophets, many of them, to encourage and rebuke the nation of Israel. And we know the nation of Israel has always been a type of the church. God called many of them, whether it was time they were rebelling or it was time that they were just you know, going off course. The nation of Israel were rebuked by many prophets. We have prophets like Nathan. Nathan was very prominent in the days of David. Remember that Nathan was the one that God used to help David to uh, uh, understand when he sinned. Nathan was the one that was used to help David understand when he sinned and uh, also to, to make him see that he had gone off course. Then we have other prophets like Isaiah. Isaiah we revive a lot. Isaiah was a prophet that had the greatest revelation about the coming of Jesus Christ, undeniably. Very, very deep insight into what was going to happen 4,000 years after he was living. Very, very phenomenal stuff. And then we have the likes of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a man that God used also to correct the leaders in the land and the so-called prophets that were, that were going off course and doing what they wanted to do and so on. Then we had Hosea, a very special prophet that God used to show Israel the, the state of their, their waywardness by causing him to go and marry a harlot and, uh, uh, that, that, so that he can see and experience what he was experiencing as God when his people had gone a whoring. And so on and so forth. We had Amos, we had Micah, we had Zechariah. All these were prophets that God used in various prophetic ministri- ministries in their time. Of course, we have Elijah, Elisha, and so on and so forth. So the calling of prophets in that dispensation. Somebody say, that dispensation. You see, one thing the body of Christ must understand with God is about dispensations and precepts. Last week, I said God never changes principles. Principles have been the same, when John, chapter Genesis, chapter three, when he said to the Satan, to Satan, that the son of the woman will bruise your head, the principle was set in place about the coming of Jesus Christ, and we are still on that principle today. But to get to that principle from from when it was spoken to where we are today, there was tabernacle, there was temple, there was all those things that took place. Precepts changed, so God changes precepts as He chooses, but He never changes principles, never. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So in the olden days, in the Old Testament, God raised up those prophets to encourage and rebuke the nation of Israel when they were in trouble. But in the New Testament, the calling of a prophet is slightly different. The calling of a prophet is still in the same line, but the precept in which they are to engage and to manifest is different now. And we will look at that in Scripture. So the calling of a prophet... It's not just about what it used to be to speak for God. Nobody now should be speaking for God. Everyone now has the spirit of God. Everyone who is born again now, as many that received him, he gave them what? Power to become the sons of God. Those of you that have children here, do you like it when one of your children comes to speak to you on behalf of the other one? What do you say to them? One comes and says, ah, my brother said he he wants chocolate. (laughs) What I ask is, is it your brother that was it, or you yourself? (laughs) We had a very funny experience with our sons when they were very young, very, very young. I'm sure they'll forgive me for sharing this story. Um, We were were finishing a service, some, this is almost, I don't know, 2003-ish? No, 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 2002, very early 2002, many years ago, 18 years ago. They were young. Four years and one year, something like that. Barely one year. And um, the son, we were driving on Penn Road in Wolverhampton and um, we drove past, those of you that know Wolverhampton, on Penn Road as you come off uh, the, the main roundabout going into Penn, towards Penn, to your right, there's been, a, there's been a McDonald's restaurant there for long. How many of you know that place? Okay, those of you from the area would know. So anyway, there's a McDonald's restaurant there. And just when we were driving past, our eldest son, he was just about three years, he looked at the the one that could not even talk, the one year old, that could barely talk, he looked at him, he said, Tosi, I have told you I don't like Burger King, (laughs) I I like McDonald's. Me and the the mother, we paused for like 10 seconds, we didn't know what to say. We looked at each other. We were were short of words. How can a three-year-old play this kind of thing to us? (laughs) So after some time, I mustered some courage, and I looked back. I said, Toby, this statement is not for Tosi at all. (laughs) From all indications, you are telling us you want to go to McDonald's. (laughs) But he looked at the boy and said, Tosi, I have told you I don't like Burger King. I like McDonald's. (laughs) And we were driving past McDonald's. I said, so next time, just tell us you want to stop at McDonald's <laughs> because the tosy you are talking to is carrying feeding, but we didn't even hear you at to... all. <laughs> so children can be very funny. But you know, you will not like it when your children are, are, are speaking on, or on behalf of one or the other, especially when it is something that they should come directly. As children of God, we all now can speak. We all now can hear God. We all now can understand God. Every one of you still going about, especially those of you listening on the internet and anyone under the sound of my voice, going about looking for people to tell you and prophesy into your life. You are shortchanging your own life. And at times, you are putting yourself in danger. Now, I'm not saying the ministry of a prophet no longer exists. But you must understand you have the spirit of God in you. You can hear God. God is not a respecter of persons. Don't be lazy. Go and pray. Go and fast. Lazy Christians today, man will go prophesy. Hey, what is prophesy? <laughs> They'll put their head down and say prophesy. Whoever he is, they just say prophesy. That one too will lay hands and lay legs and put demons. And then they will go home. They will see things flying all over their room in the night. they say, what is happening here? Because you went, you took yourself to where God did not send you. There is a place for the office of prophets and I'm going to explain it very shortly. But as a child of God, I want you to know, you need no prophet. I mean it. You need no prophet to hear what God is saying to you. You just need to build a relationship with God so that God can be speaking to you. I hear God every day, every time. Everyone who walks with God hears him simply the way you are hearing my voice now. And I'm not better than you. So you need to come out of it. This is one of the lies that the church must be delivered from in this our time. Too many people do not understand anymore that they have a relationship with God to the point where they go. Look at what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. He said, God who at various times, Hebrews 1, 1. God who at various times and uh, in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers. By who? Somebody say in time past. Now that's the Bible now, that's not my word. Somebody say in time past the prophetic song. Say he spoke at various times. He spoke at various times. In various ways. In, various ways. In, time past. in time past. He spoke in time past. Why are we still staying in time past? Why are we still living in time past? He spoke in time past by prophets in various ways. Verse 2. Now, everybody, wherever you are online in the church building, just shout it very well. Has in these last days spoken to us. Touch yourself, say, Us. Us. Say, He spoke to me. me. He's speaking to me me. by His Son. son. Very important. In time past, He needed prophets to speak to you. Now he speaks to you by his son, whom he has done what? Appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. God is looking to speak to you. You need to have understanding about what he is intending. Don't stay in time past when God has moved Moses said, we will not go except your spirit go with us. So as they saw the cloud moving, they were moving. If they stayed where the cloud had moved away from, they were in danger of being destroyed. Right. Many people staying and living in the in time past dispensation of prophecy are living in danger today. So true prophetic ministry today is simply preaching of the Bible accurately. Giving the revelations of scripture clearly. Hallelujah. The gift of prophecy today is a speaking-forth gift. It is a gift that looks at the Word of God, has understanding and revelations for the Word of God, for the dispensation we are in, and declares it with audacity, for the guidance of the church, to help the church to continue to advance the Great Commission. So this is what it is. But in terms of having understanding of who we are and what we ought to do and how we ought to move, a lot of us are abjugating that responsibility that God has given to us to other people that are no longer the custodian of such. So the purpose of this sign in the gifts of the early church was to provide direction. Under the New Testament, we must understand that the key work of the prophets Is to provide direction to the church. What do we mean by direction? Understand where God is going. With all the situation that is on ground now. How the church is functioning. The ministry of the prophet. Is looking at where the church is. In terms of the coming of the Lord. We all know. There is no prophet now. That will say anything. uh, About the coming of Jesus Christ. That is new. Jesus is coming again. And whether people believe that or not. Is irrelevant. But where are we? Where are we in the dispensation? Where, where are we in the disposition of what God is doing at this time? When we read the word of God for the sake of gaining understanding, we gain understanding, but those into the prophetic ministry can have deeper insight to keep guiding the church, to keep enabling the church to go forth and keep laboring for the harvest so that the church continues to be guided for this end time move of God. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3, as his divine power, 2 Peter 1 3, as his divine power has given us all things. Somebody say he has given us all things that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. He has given us all things. He has given us all things. So we don't need to look for anything anymore. Everything is already in the word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 to 17. Some time back we ran a series. I think early this year we ran a series on these two verses of scripture. Let's read together now verse 16. All scripture. Let's start again. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17. Let's shout verse 17 together. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible says he gave the ministry gifts that they be complete, that they be equipped for every good work. That they be equipped for every good work. The Bible says all scripture is given for inspiration. And is profitable for correction. It's profitable for inspiration. It's profitable for reproof. It's profitable for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17. That the man of God may be complete. Verse 17 now. That the man of God may be complete. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. So additional words are not necessary. Anyone who is prophesying and his prophecy is not tied to what has already been written is a false prophet from the pit of hell. Any prophecy that comes forth that cannot find its basis because, let me tell you something. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The word of God is unchangeable. It is complete. In the Old Testament before he came, there was a need to keep pointing to his coming and to keep giving guidance to the people. The moment he came and led captivity captive and ascended, he completed the work. And everything that is documented in scripture is everything that you needed to know, that you need to know now, and that you will ever need to know. Hallelujah. Say with me, everything that needed to be said. And everything that needs to be said now. And everything we need to hear tomorrow has already been said in the word of God. That is the work of prophets now. To know what He is saying out of the word of God for the now. To know what he's saying out of the word of God for tomorrow. That is where they leave the realm of men a little. That is where they leave the realm of everybody who can hear God a little. It is a grace. It is a gift. No wonder the body of Christ is confused today. Somebody says he's a prophet. And then all he's doing is telling people about one village that they come from. That is not the work of... (laughs) Say you came from that village and there's a woman. Every village has a woman, old woman. (laughs) There's an old woman and there's a tree. If you come from my country, every village has an old woman and they have a tree. Oh, Nonsense. And then those ones too will be clanging around and say, man of God, prophesy, prophesy. I've never seen that kind of thing in scripture. Please, if you've seen it, come and show me. Where they went to to Peter, say, Peter, prophesy, prophesy. (laughs) But we see it in our our day. Fake prophets. Fake prophets. They put people in coffin. They put people alive in coffin. Yes, we will say it. (laughs) They put people alive in coffin. And they say they want to prophesy that they should rise again. God have mercy. And those people rose up and ate rice and beans. (laughs) And died again. (laughs) God have mercy. All this nonsense that is going on around the place must stop. The way we are going to stop it is to keep teaching the word of God and to keep making people... More confident. I, 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 it saddens my heart when I see 5,000 people, 10,000 people gathering, listening to these kind of lies. Somebody using photo trick on, in, on, 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 on video and saying that angels were appearing in the church and people clapping. Somebody took an iPad and showed the photo that they had taken before and said that that is the photo of a child. Somebody, and you could even see, even the people who edited it showed how the finger was, was, was bringing out the photo from the, from the gallery. In 20, that was 2017 or something like that. Nonsense. The body of Christ must be delivered from these hypocrites. And those who are just wishing to tarnish the name of our God. The Lord will continue to raise a standard. And that standard will be raised through you and I. And everyone who has determined that in this end time we will not miss God in Jesus name. So the prophetic office must be kept honorable. The Bible says honorable, honorable man. He was an honorable man when he talked about Samuel. It must be kept honorable through integrity. It is a high calling that must be devoid of greed and corruption. I want you to look at the life of Samuel again. 1 Samuel chapter 12. When Samuel was rounding up his ministry. Verse 3. He said, here I am. Witness against me before the Lord and before his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? Whom have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed? Or from whose hand have I received any bribe with which to blind my eyes? He said, if there is any, I will restore to you. Look at what they said to him in verse 4. Verse 4. He said, and they said, you have not. Let's read verse four together. And they said, you have not cheated us or oppressed us, nor have you taken anything from any man's hand. Verse 5 says, "Then then he said to them, the Lord is witness against you and his anointed is witness this day that you have not found anything in my hand. And they answered, he is witness. Oh, if only we can have prophets like this again. Men of God who serve, not because of what they want to get from people. We have prophets today that will not prophesy anything until they they, they take money off people. We have so-called prophets today who are brandishing themselves as prophets, and what they are just doing is, 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 is speaking into the pockets of people to bring out money. God said, such people he will judge. Samuel said, let the Lord be witness against you. You have not found such in me. May God continue to raise honorable prophets again. In the name of Jesus, may God... So many prophets have become corrupted. They have become corrupted with bribe. They take money from people and anoint people into offices in church because of the level of money they can give. They do things that is bringing... The name of the Lord into disrepute and causing people to 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 stalk all manner of nonsense against the church. God is watching. The Bible says, For our God is a consuming fire. A day we come, the Bible says, judgment will begin in the household of faith. Let us not think the same God that it is no longer the same God that killed Ananias and Sapphira. Let us not make that mistake that his mercy is triumphing over judgment doesn't mean he's condoning all this nonsense we are saying. Let us be careful. Paul said, Paul came around later in Acts chapter 20, he says, so now, verse 32, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those who have sanctified. And then verse 33, the Bible says, and he said, I have coveted no one silver or gold or apparel. I have coveted it. I don't desire it. I have not been called by God to come and take your gold or silver. I have not been called by God to come and be looking at your, your bank account. I don't need it. I don't need it. Look at what he said in verse 34. Let's read verse 34 together. And This is what God wants for everyone who is called into high office. He said, yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. Hallelujah. Somebody shout Hallelujah. Amen. The time is coming. The time has come. God is raising prophets, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists that will not need to take a dime from church coffers. And yet they will be so blessed and so blessed and so blessed. Enough of all this nonsense that people are talking about. God is raising them across the world. There are millions, I stand honestly and humbly before you today by the special grace and mercies of God as one of those millions all over the world today who are doing this work day in, day out, not taking a dime from church coffers. The next time you open your mouth to say all these pastors and prophets that take money, be careful. Not all of them take money from the church. Be very careful. Be very careful. Some have decided to go the way of Mammon, leave them to their peril. But I want you to know that there are millions of servants of God all over the world who are doing this work diligently, tirelessly, effortlessly. I know how much leaves my bank account every month to church members. I'm not boasting about it. To bless church members. You think we're all in need for for nonsense? When God calls a person, He blesses Him. Look verse 34. He said, Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for what? My necessities. And for those who are with me, lift up your two hands and say, Lord, keep providing for my necessities. And for those who are with me, bless this, my hands. Everything that looks like a tarnishing of your image in my life. Bless this, my hands. Bless this, my hands. Bless this, my hands. Bless this, my hands. Such prophets go about saying that Elijah Elijah went to the house of of the widow of Zarephath to collect something. And he said, give me first. It was a command. Remember before that time he was fed by a raven? And the Elijah that God sent to the widow of Zarephath is not because of what Elijah will eat. It was because of the blessing of the widow that was about to, to lose her son. So when he gave her flour, when when she gave him flour, did she not have many jars over and over and over and over? Was she left out of pocket? That is the evidence of a true prophet. When you give to a true prophet as commanded by God, you are never left out of pocket. All these prophets that prophesy to your pocket and you leave the place empty, miserable, and you will be saying, What happened to me? It's like they have cheated me again. You better watch what you are doing because they are not sent of God. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> they say now, I prophesy everything. Last card or what they call those things. Last seed. When they want to empty your pocket, <laughs> there's one phrase they use. <laughs> they say, Bring out your everything. You to say, Ah. God I give you everything you are not giving God you are giving a human being who is feeding his pocket fat let us be very careful let us remember Elijah Elisha got a double portion of his anointing and Elisha was a blessing because Elisha was not a covetous prophet First First Kings 2 he said let a double portion of your anointing come upon me and in First Kings chapter 5 Naaman said I want to give you a lot of this I don't need your wealth I don't need your wealth I don't need your money. I don't know why people, when I was called into ministry and I was, I was just, we were, when we started preparing this place, God gave us this place and in August 2013, we were preparing for the dedication. I was there sharing flyers with my wife at the gate. We were sharing flyers. Said They said, What's happening here? It used to be a play uh, center for children. We said, No, it's not going to be a church that we're dedicating at the end of the month. So we were so excited. My wife and I were giving people flyers. And we saw this, this sort of, uh, 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 I don't know, Eastern African, I would say, kind of uh, ladies. And they came around and we said, What is it? And we said, Very good. And when they were walking away, we saw, my wife and I noticed one of them say, Kind of like, don't mind them. That is, you know what they do? When when Africans do this, especially people from where I come from, you know what they mean? You know what they mean? I will tell you, they mean it's money. Telling us virtually, laughing at us virtually that it's all about, I felt like crying that day. I said, Lord, is this what they have turned your walk into? Many people here now, when these days when you introduce yourself and you say, I'm Pastor, this oh, he's here, one of them <laughs> chopping money people. <laughs> so many of my colleagues can't even introduce themselves as Pastor. I'm a pastor, I'm an engineer, I'm a lecturer. But the first thing you will hear from me is that I am a pastor, I'm a pastor, and then I do engineering <laughs> and I also lecture. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You don't have to be ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of it because it is the power of God unto salvation. The problem we have today why we are seeing people being ashamed is simply because we are moving away from the things God said. Anyone God calls, God we equip. Anyone God calls, God we sustain. All I say to people, young people now, younger people now, when they come and talk about call of ministry, I ask them three questions, very simple three questions. Are you sure God called you? Say yes. That's question number one. Question number two, are you sure God called you? That's question number two. Question number three, are you really sure God called you? (laughs) Because if you can say yes three times, you have no problem. The Bible says, faithful is he who called us, who also will do what, perform it. Unless he didn't call you. Stop looking at people. You are to serve people. God gives you a word to be a prophet of this end time, to guide the church don't think of what you will eat. Think of doing the work. As for what you will eat, God has guaranteed that. Hallelujah. When I was going to start this work, I said, Lord, how am I going to cope? I'm such a busy person, I travel, I do this. Do you know that ever since I stepped into this high office by the grace and mercies of God, do you know that my consultancy business went a different dimension? Now all my clients, most of my clients, they follow me on Facebook. Hindus, Muslims, Christians, all kinds, they follow me on Facebook. and. Uh, Many of them will say, I saw you were having a program yesterday. That's why I wanted to give you a job. But I've reserved it till next week because I saw that you were having a program. Can you imagine that kind of thing? <laughs> I say, yes, that's true. We were having our anniversary. <laughs> God just decided by himself. Many times. If I, I do conferences a lot, I'm flying, usually, always flying. If not for COVID, I would have gone out about three times already this year. You know, Mr. Korose, all of us should stay in one place. Anyway... If not for that, I fly. They they see me. They say, I saw that you were traveling. And so we we have this meeting. Something is coming up. A project is coming up. we we have this meeting. And uh, we we just felt that, you know what? We will wait for you to come back. Some of them will call me on WhatsApp and say, When are you coming back? I'll say, I won't be back till next week. They'll say, We will wait. That is favor. That is favor because somebody answered the call. Even where I work in the university, my land manager told me, yeah, how do you cope with this thing? I heard you're a pastor. I said, yes, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. I said, I pastor the church. is in Wolverhampton and in Walsall and all that. He said, wow. Then he told me his story of, how, he's a Muslim man, but he told me his story of how he attended a Christian university in the States. He said, we're all the same thing. I said, mm, but you know, we can. <laughs> I'm sure prophet will forgive me for that. <laughs> Truly, we are all the same. We are all children of God. We are all the image created in the image and likeness of God. However, we need Christ. We need Christ because he sent Christ for all of us. Hallelujah. But the truth is that Gehazi did not follow that. Gehazi went back and collected things from Naaman and he became leprous. The man who had the potential of having four times the anointing of Elijah became leprous. Because of food. Somebody say food. No, I didn't say food. Say food. Uh You're in England. You don't say food. You say food. Say food. This thing called food. 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 It has finished many people. Believe me. We'll be planning a long program. And we'll say, okay, tomorrow we'll have this. Then you see somebody say, when are we having the food? I say, is it food? Food, you are here. (laughs) We're talking about connecting people from California to Australia and things, and then somebody comes. To, when, when are we, but when are we having the feud? I say, why is it always feud? Because of feud. <food. coughs> Friends, everything that you see that is materialistic today, it will come and go. I used to have a car when I was a young engineer in Nigeria, late 90s, brand new 406 Peugeot. There were only two of it in the, in the town I was living there, 1997-98. When I sat on it, <laughs> I felt like a king. <laughs> because there were only two, myself and my boss that time. In a small town like that, everybody knew us. Mine was red, his was blue. It was lovely. I can't find any 406 on the street again. If you are driving one now, you will say, ah, that my car is very old. Everything you see today, all those cars we park outside, they are beautiful, but give them five years. You don't want to touch them again. You are looking for another thing. Don't go in pursuit of things. Keep pursuing God. Stay in your office. God will keep giving you things. I said, God will keep giving you things. In the name of Jesus. My son drove me down to London yesterday. We, I needed to go for a meeting after our worker's training, and I didn't want to be too tired for this morning. I said, son... Do you fancy driving me today? He said, as long as it's your car. I said, okay. <laughs> I said, take me along. And when we were coming back, I was telling him how I never imagined that I could use certain things in life. That when I was a child, I saw those things, as people, like things that people use that you know, were very far from what I could have imagined. And he said to me, he said, actually, when one works hard, those things are possible. I said, yes, and with God's help. Hallelujah. Let us not be caught up with these things. I want to close by saying in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, we need to keep embracing the prophetic word. The true prophetic word. I have talked about false prophecy, but the true prophetic word we read, Pastor Lola led us earlier to read 2 Peter 1 from verse 12 to 21, but I'm just speaking the last few. He said, we must take heed. Verse 19 says, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well. Tell your neighbor for me, you do well to take heed. When the true prophecy is given, we do well to take heed because it's as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises. When you hear a prophetic word, it comes like in a dark place. You need to give it time. The Bible says, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning light. Many people don't want to wait for the darkness of the night. There are words that God will speak to you today that have no bearing to where you are now, from where you are now to where you are going. You need to give it time. Somebody say, give it time. He said, you do well to take heed. This is one of the most uh, powerful ways of enjoying a prophecy. You wait on God and wait on God. When the day dawns, the day star rises in your heart, then you understand that this is the time. Hallelujah. So the first thing is we must keep taking heed to the prophetic word by faith and patience. We need faith and patience. Number two, verse 20. Go to verse 20. He said, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. Verse 21, for prophecy never came by the will of man, But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says we should not despise prophesying. First Thessalonians, it said don't despise prophesying. Keep rejoicing. Do not despise. So I'm bringing the balance. Many people are despising the real truth and are going for the fake. More people gather for the fake on our planet today than the real truth most people deny the truth they despise the truth they can't wait for the truth the truth was buried in the the tomb for three days but when he rose again it was undeniable They, 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 they despise the truth and cannot wait for the truth to manifest and on a continuous basis they go for the fake if you don't stand for something somebody said you will fall for anything stand for the truth so that you don't keep falling for the fake The world has come to a place where the church needs to understand once again that the prophetic office is a high calling. God is still calling many people into it. But the first thing we must all remember is that God speaks to all of us in these last days through His Son, through His Word. But God still anoints men who stand as prophets, real prophets, not people who talk about 5G or no 5G and just confuse the world. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who will look into context and say, this is where we are. This is where we are, and this is what God wants for this local assembly. This is what God wants for us as a regional church. This is what God wants for us in many ways. Many of us must understand that this is what the prophecy is all about. We must understand this. I know I say I'm closing, but I told you that you can close many times. In Acts chapter 13, very quickly I'll tell you this. Don't turn to it. Acts chapter 13 we read last week that God said, separate unto me, Saul and Barnabas, for the work whereunto I have called them. Separate unto me, Saul and Barnabas, for the work whereunto I have called them. And then in Acts chapter 14, they were going to places like Iconium, They were going to Lystra, Derby. They were planting churches just doing the work as they were led. And towards the end, they went to a very strategic place called Antioch, where the believers were first called Christians. When they got to Antioch, they met something that was strange. In Acts chapter 15 verse 1, when you have time, please read Acts 13, 14, 15 for this story I'm telling you. It will help you to understand the role of the prophetic in this new dispensation. In Acts chapter 15 verse 1, they said that they saw that some people were teaching that unless people were baptized with the baptism of Moses, that they cannot be saved. And there was a bit of confusion. They didn't know what to do. So they went to the apostles. They sent Paul and Barnabas again to the apostles in Jerusalem. And when they got there, there was argument. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Until God raised one of them called James. And he led them prophetically back to the book of Amos. That is Acts 15 verse 16 and 17. He led them back to the book of Amos and told them. He said, you know something people? Amos had already prophesied that the time is coming that the Gentiles will be saved. We cannot deny that the Gentiles will also come, that it will be a new tabernacle. We cannot deny. What we now need to do is to make sure that they don't go back in their Gentile ways. It was that prophetic mandate that saved the church from confusion. This is the work of the prophet in our modern day. Not to be causing confusion, but to be making sure that the church is not confused. Hallelujah. (laughs) And when they went back, They said, the apostles now said, this is it. You just tell them they should keep doing four things to make sure that they don't return to their gentle ways. They should stop eating food offered to idols. They should not eat blood. They should not eat strangled animals. And they must avoid and flee from sexual immorality. Those four things became the doctrine of the apostles that was commanded consistently. And we saw that that helped the church to remain one entity till today. I want every one of us to understand this. The prophetic mandate is a high office indeed. And God is calling as many that he chooses to use in this role to step up, be submissive to the apostles that you work with, but at the same time step up and become that guiding voice. Too many churches are plunging into confusion today because we are losing track of the prophetic office. Too many churches are missing the mandate today because we are losing sight of this great office that is meant to be a guidance office. If you are an apostle and you are not operating the gift of a prophet as much, recognize the prophet in your midst and allow them to function well. And if you are that prophet, please recognize that your role is to support the apostle in the mandate, not to cause division. And may God continue to grant us wisdom in Jesus' name. I believe that God wants to speak to you as a person here today. That is why you are here. And God who has brought you will surely do you good in Jesus name. I want us to rise to our feet and just appreciate God.